GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I'm not going to insult Hovercraft Joe because we got a meaty show ahead of us. Uh, we got a lot going on. We are finally, you know what? I'll save it. We got a lot of guests. I'm going to start with Hovercraft Joe. Not a guest, an actual co-host. See that? Look how nice I've been to you today, Arnie. You're just trying to butter me up because you were giving me a hard time before you hit record. And I said, oh, do you you want me to hang up? Do you have all the information ready? And you said, no. Whatever, man. Just do do your job. I I hit record and say swear words. That's my whole job preparing for this podcast. Listen, everyone's got their niche. It's, somehow, it kind of sounds like you, James. Fair enough. That's uh, that's how I enter rooms now. <laughs> uh, as you can tell, James is here uh, back again with your second, third episode. Third, fourth, third, maybe? something. Four, I don't know. You've been around. Yeah. He's a he's a he's a friend of the show now, officially. Yeah, I've I've graduated from infrequent guest to friend of show. Yeah, friend of show. That's how it works. Then. <laughs> Only took twenty plus years, right, guys? Sure, that's it. <laughs> that's all. Uh, James is here, and then uh, other guest, uh, the Tush. I mean, I feel like I'm more than a friend of the show at this point. I feel like I'm like uh, maybe a friend with benefits, domestic partner. <laughs> I don't know. You're like, uh, you're like unofficial third host of the podcast. This well, is hold weird. on, hold on. Three weeks in a row. I don't need no because then we got to start. still classifies him as creepy hanger on. Yeah, first <laughs> we can mean, barely see the lights are it. off in his room right now. We, we can, can barely see what's going on. Dark Why do you We're even not... have your camera on at this point? We're not uh, fine. I'll turn the lights on so you can see me. God. Wait, are not... you dressed? <laughs> <laughs> We're not do what you know what Tush. Do what makes you feel good. We're not in. We're not a video podcast. Who cares? I don't know. People True. keep wanting us to take pictures. <laughs> But it's just yeah, about feet. about feet and like buttholes and such. I don't know. <laughs> Do you really be engaging with those people online? We have a real, uh. real extreme group on our Discord page. I don't know, man. It's very strange. A lot of movie lovers, a lot of uh, feet and butthole lovers. I don't know. <laughs> okay, true. just just to circle back. Sorry, we already we got a lot to cover. Maybe save the buttholes for your plugs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that was. Not an intentional joke, but it really worked well. Uh, I don't even know. How do you follow that? I don't think you do. I I can't. I can't. Well, we are here to talk about a movie that I I feel like we talked about cover. I, I I know we say this all the time, but it is a movie that I think we talked about. And I think, in fact, we were really gonna like cover it a long time ago, but it was like when it was like not we couldn't find anywhere to watch at the time and we were kind of like what happened was we were getting ready like i was gonna i was about to say hey let's record it and i double checked right before because i was just about to message you james and say hey Mm -hmm. in, in two weeks we're gonna do this movie 
and can you be on the show? And just just to double check, because I had this weird feeling, and I looked, and it was all of a sudden not available anywhere anymore. So we had to push it back. And then finally it appeared again on, uh, was it Tubi or Freebie or Amazon? Jesus. Get your free streaming services right. It was on Pluto TV and on Freebie. Okay, great. (laughs) Um, Okay. So this movie is released August did, did 7th. Did you announce what movie it is? Mas- uh, I don't know. Maybe I didn't. You, you did. Masters, of the, Masters of the Universe. If you're listening to the podcast, you see it in the title. We're talking about Masters of the Universe. Um, it's released August 7th, 1987. Um, uh, I guess I don't. Okay. I, I feel like my. I know that I've seen this movie before. I, I know that I didn't see it in the theaters. I mean, obviously, as a you know a child of the '80s, I watched He-Man and had He-Man toys, and like I just feel like that's a given. Um, and I and I know I saw this movie maybe seen a couple times, and I and I know it's kind of like famous for being terrible. <laughs> yeah, Which, I mean, yeah, um, but but I, I I can safely say that I hadn't like sat down and watched the whole thing like from start to finish in, in, in quite a long time. So, um, yeah. Uh, Tush, what about you? I mean, based on its release date, I probably would have seen it as part of like my sixth birthday celebration. Don't, don't want to give too much information about myself, so I won't give the exact date. So, <laughs> no one's stealing my identity out there. But like, it's funny because I can't remember. I definitely saw it in the theater and I liked it. Like, I think I always knew there was something wrong with it. You know, like, as a kid, just watch what's on. And also, like, the high watermark of He-Man had already come and gone at this point. Like, this was, by the time, like, you know, by, as, even for me, like, by this time, it's like, I wasn't really buying He-Man toys anymore. I was more into G.I. Joe. But, like, I still saw it, and I definitely watched a lot of the VHS of the kids. But it's just that weird thing where, like, I don't think I ever truly liked it. I just watched it because it was there, you know? Yeah, and and just so the audience knows, we're contractually obligated to at least ask the Tush to be on any Dolph Lundgren movie we cover. He doesn't have to be on it, but we have to give him the option to be on it. That and Mel Gibson. Shockingly, I wasn't on the episode for The Punisher where he shows his Tush. So <laughs> I think we asked you. I think you had a scheduling conflict. You did. You had a scheduling conflict because you not only can see his Tush, you can see the backside of his ball sack too. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, it's really it's not great. Well, um, you guys are as lucky as the 25 year old he's engaged to. Um, uh, what about you, LBJ? All right. So, He Man and the Masters, He Man in general was like the first thing I was really into when I was a kid. Um, one of my earliest memories was watching the first episode premiere, um, before I, I mean, I was in like preschool or whatever but I, I for whatever reason i remember watching the very first episode when it premiered uh but by the time this movie came around i was already into transformers and he-man was kind of done as far as i was concerned so i was spending the night at my friend's house this is the uh first time i ever spent the night at someone's house it was the uh, uh summer before second grade before we moved and we were going to go to see a drive-in movie. I had never seen a drive-in movie before. And so my options were He-Man and the Masters of the Universe or the Monster Squad. Um, oh, you chose poorly. Wolfman's got nards? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I, I also, I'd like, to, I'd like to comment this movie's just called Masters of the Universe. It doesn't have He-Man anywhere Fine. in the Masters, title. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so my friend who was there 
whose house I was spending the night at, really wanted to see uh, Monster Squad. So we went and we saw Monster Squad. But what oh, was cool crazy start, was bro. the way they had the theater set up, the way they had the screen set up, we were watching Monster Squad, and then immediate to our, to our right, you could see Masters of the Universe playing at the same time. So I got kind of bored with Monster Squad and kept turning my head to watch Masters of the Universe. Um, but I didn't actually end up seeing it for the first time all the way through until I rented it later on. or I don't know, maybe it was on TV20 or something at one point in the afternoon. I don't know. It was on TV20 a lot. Yeah, I remember. I have I, I was, very vivid memories of when we were like kids all the way through high school and whatever that this was on TBS like every other friggin' weekend. It was so on you a lot. probably saw it on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. And I've rented it since then um, a couple times and, and I've seen it several times. Um, but yeah, that's 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 it. I, the first time I saw it was kind of half watched it at drive at a drive-in theater where I couldn't even hear it. I'd like to say this is neither this is not really pertinent to the to the episode, but I've never seen Monster Squad. Should I should I see it or does yeah. it not hold up? It's fine. Oh. And the like the casual awfulness of children of the eighties is very much on display in yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that would not fly now. Oh yeah. Mm. Well, all right. I guess I'll see it. All right, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> Go to watch Monster Squad. Um, LPJ, you uh, w- w- um, so J- James is next to explain. Um, he has an audio visual aid, or how are we getting into this? I don't know. Let him tell a story. Um, well, so I I'll tell if it's all right with you guys. I'll tell like my backstory uh, of like me as a kid with this movie, and then I'll play, have you play the clip and, and yeah, done whatever. All right, so. Um, this movie I saw in theaters and I remember it very vividly. I went and saw it at the, uh, movie theater that was inside Livonia mall back when that had a, uh, movie theater. And the reason I remember it is when transformers, the movie came out in 86, my dad was like, yeah, I'll take you to see it, whatever. And very famously, it didn't really have a long run because you know, it ruined a bunch of kids childhoods. Um, (laughs) So uh, by the time my dad was like, you know, home for a weekend because he traveled a lot for work, he was like, all right, let's go see it. Okay, it's not in theaters. And then we, you know, a couple months later, they started showing commercials for Masters of the Universe. He's like, I will take you to see that opening day. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> right. So we go to see it. And um, later in the in the episode, when we start to go through the plot, I'll tell you the exact moment I knew this wasn't going to end up in the movie as a seven-year-old. <laughs> but I very vividly remember going to see it as a seven-year-old at the Livonia Mall with my dad because he was like, I'm sorry I didn't take you to Transformers. I'll take you to see Masters of the Universe. And then, you know, we watched it, uh, um, you know, anytime that it was on. That's I. The reason I very vividly remember it is because back in the day when you get the, the TV guide and you're, in your newspaper, my mom would look through and, and tell me when certain movies were, were going to be on that she thought I would be excited about and would always bring this up and be like, oh, Masters of the Universe is on. They'd be like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, um, the clip, so when LPJ asked me to be on this episode, I was like, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, before, uh, before we record, I really need you to listen to the song. Um, <laughs> uh, Head Over Heels by Tears for Fears. He's like, yeah, I'm familiar with the song. I'm like, yeah, just listen to it. I got a story about it, right? <laughs> so uh, I don't know if you want to play the clip now. Yeah, I'll play, I'll play the opening little jingle. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, that was a little opening jingle there, about 20 seconds worth of the song. Okay, so um, about two years ago, uh, I was hosting a birthday party at my house with all of my family over, including my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. Um, they're a couple years older than us. And I've, you know, uh, known them for 20 plus years as well. And uh, that song comes on because I'm just playing, you know, random 80s music in the background because it's not offensive. And my sister-in-law out of nowhere goes, where are you sending us, Gwildor? (laughs) 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 I was like, like, I'm sorry, back up, what? She's like, that's the Cosmic Key. (laughs) It was like that completely caught me off guard because we've never talked about He-Man or Masters of the Universe. And then um, since then, my son's really gotten into uh, He-Man. And when to, in order to prep for this this show, um, I was like, hey, I, I need to watch the, the Masters of the Universe movie. And, and so he was super excited because he's watched all the 2000X series and, and all the Netflix series. I haven't really let him watch Revelations. Um, but, you know, a lot of the different mess of the universe properties has got a bunch of the new figures and all that. And uh, I got to uh, relive the disappointment of this movie all over <laughs> again through his eyes to watch him be like, ah. and the funny thing is, is like, I was open with him about it when we watched it. And I was like, so what'd you think, buddy? And he's like, eh, it was good. He's like not <laughs> yeah. wanting to tell me he didn't like it. I'm, if he didn't like it, that's fine. We can discuss that as well. Uh, but, um <laughs> So that's that's some of my backstory on this movie. They really, by the way, they really milk that cosmic key music throughout this. Uh, I feel like they play that one little bit of music like eight or nine times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And they're so shocked that that dude remembers it. And it's like he listened to it. He kept hitting that damn red button like 20 <laughs> times. Yeah, right? it's, I can't figure out how does Gwildor not just know the music? I, I feel There's like a Gwildor, lot about this I feel movie like can, I feel like Gwildor is a Gwildor is a problematic character. Oh, 100%. Um, and why does he have bows all in his beard at the end of the movie? Because well, he's fancy. <laughs> <laughs> Did they um, have to make him disgusting? <laughs> well, it was pretty sick when he uh, drank that barbecue sauce. Oh, God. Yeah. So I gross. mean, if Gwildor existed back then, Peter Dinklage would have some thoughts about this character. <laughs> Play a lot like the bitch he has been lately. <laughs> oh, hey, we're not trying to start a beef with Peter Dinklage on this podcast, Dave. Save it for your own podcast. <laughs> um, he used okay. to love the drink, but now all he does is complain. Um, and he's apparently playing the Toxic Avenger in the remake of that. Anyways, I mean that you can get on board with, but. Okay, so the budget of this movie is twenty-two million, and I think that that was like well above what it was supposed to be, right? Like yeah. supposed to be like a sixteen million dollar movie, and it just kept like bleeding money during well, production. Well, they gave it; they asked for more money, and they gave them more money for some reason. And then at the very end, was like, "Yeah, we changed our mind." Wasn't it like the well, most? Essentially, they were they had like thirty-six million, and they were going to make a Spider-Man movie. Instead, they took the, that, cut it in half, and gave half to Superman 4 and half to this. <laughs> Thinking that with the profits from these two, they can make an even better Spider-Man movie. And then both of those movies just flopped horribly. And somehow that one is worse than this one. Somehow Superman 4 is worse than this. It's That's terrible. Oh, God. And, and I, we, haven't, we haven't mentioned that this is a, this is a canon film. Yep. Yeah, this is one of the movies that kind of started the bankruptcy of canon. Yeah, 
Well, yes, because as I was about to say, it cost $22 million to make and, <clears throat> excuse me, only grossed $17 million. So, um, not successful at all. Nope. Um, here's an interesting factoid for you, though. I say it as if it's not something I cover every episode. The Rotten Tomatoes on this, one of the notoriously worst movies of all time, is 22%, which is still higher than the 9% that Beverly Hills Cop 3 has. I just, we've watched, like, listen, Beverly Hills Cop was a bad movie, and I did not enjoy it, but some of the movies that we cover that have a better Rotten Tomatoes than Beverly Hills Cop 3, it blows my mind. I just want to put that out there. Um... And then the audience score is 41%, which is like, okay, that's fine. Um, top grossing movies of 1987. Every time I get into these, I, I, it, it's it's reaffirming LPJ that one, you can take it one of two ways. We've been doing the podcast a long time, or we've been doing the podcast too long. Because I'm like, we probably haven't done that many movies in 1987. Wrong. So the top three movies and the top three grossing movies in 1987. Number one, Three Men and a Baby. Number two, Fatal Attraction. And number three is a movie that we did on the podcast, Beverly Hills Cop 2. Um, this movie, Masters of the Universe, comes in 65th in the box office. Now, other movies we have covered from 1987 are number nine, Lethal Weapon. Number 16, RoboCop. Number 19, The Living Daylights. And number 30, The Running Man. So, there you go. That's I was on one of those What's it? Yeah. I said I was on one of those episodes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought you were on the Running Man one, were you? Yep. Yeah. I was on. Was I on the Lethal Weapon one, or is that still back in the pre-pandemic? That was. You guys were recording in a house that would kill me with allergens. Era. <laughs> that was. Yeah, I think that was. I don't think you've been on a Lethal Weapon one till three. Because no, yeah. I think we did the. First no, I was on two. two. He was on two. Oh, okay. You were just yeah. on the first one. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So this movie stars uh, Dolph Lundgren. Uh, we already mentioned that. Um, and Frank Langella, 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 which by the way, I mean, we can say this up front. He's the best part about this movie, right? Like, like this is like, picture away. Nothing compares to, right? Yeah. Like picture how good, like Raul Julia is in street fighter. And that movie's a dumpster fire. That's like Frank Langella in this movie. It's like, Oh, he's like really good. And he does a good performance. I mean, his costume sucks, but it's like, I don't know. He was really good in this. Yeah. Like he's a standout. You know, the other funny thing though too is they, they keep talking about like, oh, we they almost they wanted to dub Dolph Lundgren. I'm not saying he was good at acting at this point, but his accent wasn't that bad. Like, yeah, oh, he good. had a thick Swedish accent. It's like, there's no such thing as a thick Swedish accent. They basically sound like English people, but just a little off. You know. Well, if- you've never watched the Muppets. I <laughs> 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 disagree with you. That actually caused an international incident, and Swedish people say. No, he sounds more Norwegian. <laughs> um, and, and plus, like, I feel like it's not like He-Man has a ton of dialogue in this movie. It's yeah. not like he's giving, like, long monologues or anything like that. He kind of says, like, five words at a time. So um, uh, so who else we got? I Like, literally nobody else. Oh, Courtney Cox. I'm sorry. Courtney, <laughs> Courtney Cox is in this movie. Yeah. And Billy Barty, famous Billy Barty, little yeah. person actor. I mean, he was in... Willow, when he's been in a bunch of shit. What about James Tolkien? Yeah, James Tolkien. If in you this. need, if you need a bald guy to be <laughs> oh, yeah, a hard okay. ass with a heart of gold in nineteen <laughs> in the nineteen eighties, James Tolkien is your man. 100%. It's true. 
It's like, I feel like he, and I don't remember, it wasn't the same year, but I feel like they were just shuffling them between this and the set of Back to the Future. And they're like, I don't know, just play the same character, I guess. Yeah. And Top Gun. Got it. And, and, show, yeah. up and, say, and show up and say the line, I want butts and Top Gun. He does <laughs> Top Gun, isn't he the one that tells him that he's, his body's writing checks? Is or he's, what's, the, what's the line? Writing checks that his body can't cash. I don't I know. know. I'm like I'm. I'm enjoying watching you try to work through it. <laughs> I can't. What is it, Dave? I mean, Tush. Your mouth is writing checks. Your body can't cash. Okay. Or is it ego, not his mouth? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Sorry. Go back and listen to the Top Gun episode. I wasn't on it, but maybe they cover it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Anybody else that you guys want to talk about as far as being in this movie? Not so much. We can talk about that Star Trek dude. I mean, Robert Duncan McNeil, guys. Come on, Robert Duncan McNeil. I just found out Such today that the lady, the lady who plays Courtney Cox's mom is Chris Pine's mom. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. yeah. And then, like um, what's her face? Uh, Evil Lynn is played, she, she's been in a lot of horror movies. Uh, yeah. Meg Foster? Yeah, Meg yeah Foster. she's in, um, yeah. she's in uh, They Live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she showed up in uh, the, the, the Witches of Salem, and the Lords of Salem. I think I think we're probably getting ahead of ourselves if we're actually going to do net worth on any of these people since we're just naming them. <laughs> I know. I'm like, Ugh. Ooh, how many are well, still alive? Well, well, don't worry. We're only doing three net worths, um, which conveniently enough swings us in the net worths. Let's start with Courtney Cox. What do you think for Courtney Cox? She's got that sweet, sweet three thousand miles to Graceland. Money? Ooh. Uh, Tush. Sorry, you go first. Well, let's see. She's got that sweet, sweet, um, more than Schwimmer, but less than Aniston money. So I'm going to say she's worth $100 million. Okay. What do you think, James? Uh, I'm going to say she's got that sweet, sweet uh, Dancing in the Dark video from uh, <laughs> Bruce Springsteen, uh, where she gets pulled up on stage. Um, uh, so I'll say $150 million. Okay, and what do you think, uh, LPJ? She got that sweet, sweet Scream 3 money. <laughs> uh, I'll go... Is that the one where she has the terrible bangs? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. It's all of them. Uh, I'll go $125 million. Um, I want to say, Tush, I'm disappointed you didn't say she has that sweet, sweet Longest Yard remake money. Um, but uh james is right on the button with 150 million dollars for courtney cox so i really should have said last season of family ties money (laughs) uh next up uh we got dolph lundgren he's got that sweet sweet punisher money where lpj was bragging about how you can see the back of his balls uh what do you think james for dolph lundgren he's got that sweet sweet minions rise of Gru money um he's in that yeah Um, I'm going to say 400 million. Okay. Uh, what do you think, uh, LPJ? Uh, I think he's got that sweet, sweet, the specialist money. I don't think he's in the specialist. I thought he was. I think he's in a movie called the specialist, Uh but not the one you're thinking of. But not the one you're thinking of. Yeah. I think it's like a different one. Um, I'll go, I'll go, uh, 25 million. Okay. What do you think, uh, Tish? I think he's got that sweet, sweet Universal Soldier regeneration money. <laughs> and yeah, I think he, he's not worth as much as we might think. I'm gonna say he's worth twenty million. Yeah, he came up he came up with with expendables too, and I remember it being disappointingly low. Eighteen yeah. million dollars. Wow. Eighteen million. Whales shot that. 
<laughs> yes, you you were putting him in like Stallone Arnold territory, oh. um, and then finally uh, Frank Langella. I really I don't have a sweet sweet. I don't know the man. So, uh, but it's it's to you, LBJ. What do you think for Frank Langella? This is the only thing I know him from. Um, I don't know. He's got that sweet sweet this movie money. Uh, I'll go. I'll go ten million. Okay. What do you think, uh, Tish? Um. He's got that sweet, sweet um, Dracula with like Lawrence Olivier money from like the late seventies. <laughs> um, also, he I think he was an Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg, the one that she plays the basketball coach. So I'm gonna say he's worth nine million. He's also canceled recently because apparently he kept making jokes about his dick on the set of a Netflix TV show. Wow, Frank Langella, super fan. You yeah. clearly subscribed to his newsletter. Uh, he has Google. He has Google alerts just about Frank Langella's dick. <laughs> so many times it comes up. Not even Frank Langella, just his dick. Like yes. he tried to say, "Oh, it's because uh, the intimacy coordinator in a love scene said I grabbed someone's leg wrong." Then pe- the people on set, like, "No, he's always talking about his dick on set." <laughs> oh, you know what, guys? He uh, was in a relationship hey, with Whoopi Goldberg. Hey, you don't steal my thunder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he's. He's got that sweet, sweet only person in the world that was probably offended by the Simpsons joke about um, and nobody wanting naked pictures of Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize for stepping on that. Um, uh, Because he actually lived with Whoopi Goldberg. So maybe he had access to her money. Um, But uh, uh, I will say he's probably worth like five million. Five million on the button. Two out of three for James. You guys nice. put, putting you to shame. Oh, uh, so a, so a, I think Ted Danson would be offended by that too. But <laughs> he, he played Nixon in that Frost Nixon movie. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, okay. That's right. I mean, I know that's a movie. I never saw. <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I, I mean, I didn't see it because you know I, no? I, I did everything good my time. But um, LPJ, what what do you got for us for the director and writers on this shindig? Uh, director is uh, Gary Goddard, who this was his first movie he ever did. As oh, far bang as, up job, Gary. As far as stuff he did, <laughs> after this, not much. Yeah, I can imagine if this is your first movie, they wouldn't you would people wouldn't be banging down the door for you to direct other stuff. Yep, and um, yeah. So the the, the writer though, however, mm. uh, wrote the Muppet Show. He wrote the Muppet movie. He wrote Dark Crystal. Uh, he wrote a bunch of different things. Nothing's fine with puppets. It's just not good with live people. <laughs> this movie needed more puppets. What was that? What was Frank that? Frank Langella. Frank Langella showed up in Muppets Most Wanted. I'm talking about Frank Langella. Do you it's think bad. he talked about? Think he talked about his dick with Kermit? <laughs> exactly. He's like Kermit. Let me tell you about my dick. <laughs> uh, LPJ, has this got off the rails sooner than you thought? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> if you're gonna talk about your dick with Muppets, you talk about your dick with animals, because he'd be like, yeah, yeah, or Gonzo. I feel like make, yeah, Fozzie would make a jo- would make an awkward joke, or Gonzo. It'd be weird with Gonzo because you know his dick's on his face. But I mean, but yeah, you don't do it with Kermit. You don't do it with Sam Eagle. It's just you know they would just get me awkward with them. Yeah, definitely do it with uh, Mr. Snuffleupagus. I mean, I know he's not technically a Muppet, but. Pretty close. Um, and, and who Shut did, up, who, did <laughs> who did the music, uh, LBJ? Because I actually kind of like the theme to this. Yeah, I did Rocky. Well, yeah, it was it was Bill Conti. So Bill Conti did. Yeah, yeah he did all the stuff for 
for I'm sorry, Bill Cocky? Bill Conti, C O N T I. Yeah, it's funny stuff for... no one's been doing Rocky, but I feel like he was trying to copy Superman on this. You know? Maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't maybe know if that he was. Doing... He wrote the original theme to the American Gladiator show. Oh man, what? I was just having—I was just having a yesterday at work. I was just having a, con- a long, long conversation about American Gladiators and trying to remember all the different events. Um, I, 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 I know that there's like recently two documentaries about that. Yeah, show. the Netflix one is better. That's what I've been told by a couple of people. So. Um, uh, but yeah, 30 no, for I can... 30 only got Malibu. Like <laughs> Netflix one has like all the gladiators. Thirty for thirty, it's like we got Malibu. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I kind of like the theme. But you're you're right, Tush. It definitely has. Not only does the main theme have a big Superman vibe, the opening credits is basically like a ripoff of the Superman credits. I felt like a hundred percent. Yeah, it uh, definitely is the way it's laid out and everything. I wonder um, if he was also, you know, simultaneously doing the music for Superman 4, and they're like, yeah, just double dip, it's fine. <laughs> um, okay, you guys ready for the taglines for Masters of the Universe? Yeah. Too bad, too bad. If you weren't, I'm still going to talk about it. Uh, first one, from a distant galaxy, they have come to Earth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, the next one is, a battle fought in the stars now comes to Earth. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not really. Okay. Ne- next one. The live-action motion picture. Okay. <laughs> it's an accurate description, a, I suppose. It's a tagline, <laughs> this, I guess. This is a movie. <laughs> and then, and then the, I guess maybe they're like, this isn't like a cartoon movie, but... Uh, and then the last one is, only the universe could hold adventure this big. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, everything's kind of yeah. in the universe, so I mean... All right. Um, does anybody have anything... Uh, else they want to bring up before we start talking about the plot of this uh cinema classic um no i mean <clears throat> no i don't i really don't no. i mean i mean it just kind of seems like and there's a this is one of those ones where there's so much that you can look into about the making of that it's like we're not going to cover all the you know but like it kind of seems like it was a shit show <laughs> seems like most yeah. of the costumes that people wore were like death traps that like injured them or like didn't allow them to like close their mouth and all kinds of stuff like that and or like um, weird people visited the set like sylvester stallone came in one day like oh you gave this motherfucker lines you know <laughs> and, and michael jackson showed up on set one day for some reason you know and yeah. it's like oh go ahead um well um I was just going to say, I think, like, obviously the movie itself is terrible, right? Um, but when it comes to, like, marketing and, um, like, if a movie this bad came out today, if you think about all the hype that would have preceded it, yeah. um, th- that didn't happen in 1987. So much yeah. so that, like, we all talked about, um, you know, hey, we, we collected the Masters of the Universe figures and, and yada, yada, yada. They didn't release action figures specific for this movie. Like they released a Blade figure, they released uh, a Gwildor, and they released uh, Sorod. Um, but like Commander Karg, who's one of the ba- main bad guys, they didn't release. Skeletor looks nothing like the figures that we had as kids. He Man looks nothing like the figures that we had as kids. Um, even Man at Arms and Tila don't look like the figures that we had, or even Lin or, or Beast Man. I think like, okay, even if this same turd was released today, all the shelves at, at Meyer, Target, whatever, would be inundated with toys 
a la the phantom menace prior to that coming out yeah, sure <laughs> or, no a better example like look at the the remake of the teenage mutant Turtles movies movie the yeah. michael bay one yeah. same type of thing like that movie was those movies were terrible right well, yeah. but, but you, you saw everywhere. the figures ahead of time and that builds some kind of hype that the kids want to go see it right they were solely basing this is going to be a hit off of the fact that the toy line was a hit but the toy line didn't look like the movie so well, when we went and saw it it didn't didn't jive right but if if all of a sudden you had new packaging that was a different color that said masters of the universe and and skeletor and he-man looked like they're going to look in the movie you'd be like i want to go see this and see what this is all about um what's kind of wild about it it, you know like is that it's like it seems like they kind of shot themselves in the foot twice because they didn't like they they didn't there's plenty of well-established characters in masters of the universe that they could have used for like villains and stuff like that so they didn't really do that except for a couple and they they introduced a bunch of new characters and didn't release them ahead of time to you know i'm saying it's like so you didn't use existing characters and you didn't like cash in on the new ones you were going to use so it's like i I just don't quite understand the thought process behind that well a lot of the reason why they didn't is because give me some trap jaw well that's the thing if you look at all of the other villains in here they all have some kind of like mechanical component to them or some kind of special effect that they would have to reproduce. And in 87, they didn't have digital technology. You know, they didn't have computer graphics. It really would have been difficult for them to do it on the budget they were going to do it on. They couldn't do so battle cat. Instead, got Karg with his big white hair and stupid hook for a yeah. hand. Right. <laughs> he looked, yeah, it's, that it's like, like Estelle right. Getty, like the lizard version of Estelle Getty. Yeah. Also, like, how also, is this guy intimidated? Also, talking about Karg, too, like you mentioned the hook on his hand, but it's such a tiny hook. It's not even like an intimidating hook. It's just like, it's like a kind of a little bit bigger than a fishing hook. And it's, yeah, it's, like, it's like a baby what? hand. He's got it's like a baby hand. If you're going to give yeah. someone a hook, give him a hook. Right. Yeah. And then Blade is just so they could have the sword trainer on set all the time, you know. <laughs> I like Blade as a character is one of the few things mm-hmm. that I think actually works, and I, I like I liked as a kid, yep. and even rewatching it, like okay, he's a he's a decent villain. Card, like you said, is ridiculous for <laughs> multiple reasons. Evelyn doesn't look the way she should. Even Beast Man, which. How hard is it to go out and buy a fucking Sasquatch costume? Right. And, yeah. And put and, a harness on them. Yeah, and but put like Legion of Doom like, shoulders on them. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was Beast Man was awful. Uh, but the other guy was just like the other guy was like this generic like I don't even know how to describe him. This is a generic lizard man. He kind of yeah. reminded me of like the 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 aliens from that show V. Remember V? Yeah. They were lizards. Yeah. Not to get too 80s. <laughs> Our younger listeners of this podcast are like, what are these assholes talking about? They're talking about like looking at a TV guide and like having to wait in line <laughs> at the on, movies. Hold on, hold on. You think we have a younger audience? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, younger uh, than I hate the how many people? How many people under the age of 40 are still listening 30 minutes in when we haven't even started the plot of the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Fair yeah, enough. We, we don't exactly have uh, well, the TMZ okay. crowd. I'm sorry. I think I meant younger than us old ass motherfuckers. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Um, okay. How about we? How about we get into the uh, the plot? Let's, Let's just do that. Start- okay. Yeah. Um, it starts off with like the money shot of like Castle Grayskull, which I, it, it, does it 
it, I guess it kind of looks like it's supposed to, right? It does. Yeah, not really. I, yeah. Mean, there's a, I mean, it's kind of, it's got a skull no, on it. No, and it's clearly a painting. It's not oh, an yeah, actual it's castle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's 100% which I, a matte painting. Which I guess they said that they did make uh, like a matte painting for like Snake Mountain, but then didn't end up using it at all in the movie. So, um, and then then we get that that pretty good opening theme in the credits that are like the Superman ripoff. Um, so we start off in Inter- Eternia and like Skeletor's troops, which like it, when I was reading the stuff, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they're robots." I did not pick up that those things are fucking robots. I gotta no, tell you they guys, move like humans in suits. I gotta tell you until like I was reading the behind the scenes stuff, and they're like, "They're like, yeah, like um, the toy company was like, you can't have He-Man kill anyone." So yeah. all they're like, that's why Skeletor's like troops—they look like stormtroopers, right? They're like stormtroopers in black yeah, outfits. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Re- I, what I did they not... actually look like is spaceballs. Yes, uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, but I didn't. I like. I've seen this movie like three or four times now, and I definitely never picked up that they were supposed to be robots. But it does answer a question I had later, which is why did that flying centurion explode <laughs> when he uh-huh. yeah. shot it? Yeah, because I was like, why did this regular man explode? But why don't any of the other robots explode when they get shot? I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, so um, I, I like how this movie just sidesteps the whole like Skeletor conquering castle. Yeah, race you know what? Yeah. Here's yeah. my first issue. That's the movie I want to see. I want to see all the stuff that happened before this movie. Like yeah. I want to see the battle on Eternia. I want to see you know He Man lose, and then yeah. they have to you know maybe the sequel they do this. Well, I, and I really question that because they're like their whole thing about how they were able to capture. The sorceress in Castle Grayskull was that they used the key to like sneak themselves past the defenses. But like seeing his crack troops fight, like <laughs> he made kill so many of them in the movie. I'm like, come on, like really, like. Um, but I but I also have a note that says the sorcerer the sorceress seems pretty unbothered about being captured. She's kind of like in that energy thing, like ah, I'm fine, whatever. Um, uh, so uh, we're introduced to He Man. Um, and he has a sword, but he primarily uses that blaster. And I like that you can definitely tell that they were like, well, we got to save money. And that's like the whole thing is like, well, you can't have it set in Eternia because that's too expensive. So that's why this whole movie takes place in like, I don't know, some suburb in California. So remember when I said that just right from the get go with this fight scene, it really introduces us to the inherent homoeroticism of heroes. <laughs> yes. Because instead of instead of like just showing like you know like you know wide shots of the battle, it took multiple times to give us a close up of his glistening pecs. You know, <laughs> like oh, we better show. This. I mean, obviously he's a man who fights in a speedo, and you know, yes. I remember that the original creator was inspired by the bodybuilding world and stuff like that. But you know, those all kind of go hand in hand. Nothing wrong with that, but it's there. You know, it's true. Uh, what were you going to say, James? So remember how I said I would uh, tell you the exact moment when I was watching it as a seven-year-old where I knew this movie wasn't going to be good? Yeah. So in that already opening, there? Yes. In that <laughs> opening scene where he's fighting the robots and you know uh, he pulls out a blaster and he's got a cape on, literally me as a seven-year-old is, what the hell is He-Man doing? Like, <laughs> He-Man doesn't yeah. use a blaster. Like, Go back and watch the entire filmation uh like series you won't see him pick up a gun and use it part of that was like what you could do on a cartoon and what you couldn't um yeah. 
but that's not the He-Man I knew. The He-Man yeah. I knew used his sword to like deflect things and cut things down to throw at people. Instead, yeah. this guy's like grabbing people and shooting a giant blaster and wearing <laughs> he, a big stupid red cape. He and was like, auditioning. He that was auditioning for the Punisher with all the gun work in this movie. Uh -huh. Yep. <laughs> you know, um, was, that's one of the other things is, is, you know, they don't give any kind of backstory for the for the sword. Like, there's nothing. The sword's a big part of the filmation. Oh series. yeah. They it use is. it later to, to make it seem important when they have to plug it in. You know. Yeah, but it well, doesn't. It do, that. In, until that point, it does not. Like, it doesn't even seem like when Skeletor's like. It seems like at the end he really needs that sword to complete his plan. But none of until he has it, he's in like, hey, you got to get He-Man because I need that sword for this. Yeah. So, he just wants He-Man. That's the other really inherent problem with this entire plot of this movie is like if you took a step back and just looked at it as like this is a sci-fi movie about a leader of a rebel gang that's trying to overthrow a, an evil dictator, that that's might be plausible because that is literally the plot of the movie. At no point in this movie do you watch Dolph Lundgren and think that he's the most powerful man in the universe. That's right? true. And that's, yeah. that's literally what He-Man's title is. There is no Prince Adam whatsoever, right? So that's a huge portion of the He-Man like attraction is even you as a kid, if you got the sword and held it up and said, I have the power, you become He-Man or you get, you know, you get all big and buff. Instead, it's just like, okay, well, again, you have a scantily clad, fairly chiseled man shooting robots. That's not He-Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. Um, so Tila and Man at Arms show up. Um, they save Gwildor, who I guess Gwildor is our, uh, like, fill in for Orko in this movie because I, I mean I get it like they probably couldn't pull off Orko that'd be hard you know talking about I mean, special they could just well, they didn't pull off Gildor. <laughs> like I don't get why they had to come up with a new character they could have just called him Orko and changed him like they did every other character yeah that's true or they could have just put like a funny hat on him and like a cloak sure. like oh yeah that's uh that's Orko but anyways so uh Gildor's an inventor he invented something called the cosmic key um, uh, I guess uh, we're led to believe that Evil Lynn like seduced him <laughs> and stole it. So I know that's the movie that Dave wants to see where Evil Lynn. To be fair, she's got pretty enchanting eyes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they are creepy. Dave, <laughs> Dave, you're still writing Gwildor Evil Lynn fan fiction, right? Oh, 100%. He's all over book talk with that. <laughs> yeah, if you, if, if, you, if you thought eating him eating ribs was erotic. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, so the, the cosmic key and its whole thing is that like it can open a door to anywhere and it's like musical based and blah blah blah. And um Hold on. it can open a door to anywhere in space and time, meaning it can time travel too. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so they because he 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 made one that Evil Lynn stole and gave to Skeletor, but he also had another copy, and they used that to sneak back into Great School because they're like, we're gonna free the sorceress. Uh but they can't. Uh, and they get ambushed, and they use the key to open a door and escape. Um, uh, and they show up on Earth, but the, they lose the key. The key ends up someplace else, so they're like, hey, uh, we got to split up and find the key. And then they're all confused by what a cow is. <laughs> Why is that cow in the middle of the like forest, too? I like, don't know. In it's the middle a wild cow, obviously. <laughs> it's in the middle of the forest, which is adjacent to a suburb. <laughs> like... <laughs> also, very, I, very like close to the I don't think a forest adjacent to a suburb is that weird. There's tons of I mean, forests in California. 
Well, the, but they, I would say that they never actually establish that we're in California in the, in the movie, do they? Uh, they no, don't really, but, don't. They mean, don't really say. No. It, it's clearly California, but, um, yeah. okay. So, um, we're, then we're finally, we're finally introduced to Courtney Cox's character. She works at like a chicken place. Uh, she's moving away from town. These are all just bullet points. She's moving away from town because her parents are dead. Uh, and her boyfriend is Kevin and he's a musician. Um, so uh-oh. sorry, sorry to belabor this more. So our parents are dead, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, I would assume it may probably a minor, maybe she's 17, 18? 17, maybe 18. Right. They're not going to just know, let her maybe. live there by herself. <laughs> like the state's going to require her to have some kind of guardian. She also seems to be just leaving town. Like it wasn't like that her house was that packed up at all. It's like she was just like, please, I'm out. And where was she going? I thought they said like New Jersey, but maybe I made that up. I think she was going to New York to work as a chef <laughs> and, you know, be roommates with her old okay. friend. There it is. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> her friend. <laughs> yeah. This is officially the first part of Friends. <laughs> oh, it's the prequel to Friends. Yeah, Got it. Yeah. Well, no, because it can't be a prequel if it came out before the original. Oh, right. fair enough. Uh, okay. The Friends universe. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so despite the fact that they were all supposed to be covering different sectors, they all end up besides He-Man at the rib place. Um, and that's where Gwildor drinks the barbecue sauce and it's fucking disgusting. It's real, <laughs> it's all over real him. Gross. He's got some kind of crazy thing going on with his eyes too. Like they're not the same size or one's half. Oh no, that's Billy uh, Barty. Billy Barty has one dead eye. Ah, that's the actor. True. The actor just says that he has one eye that does not work. It might be okay. glass. I don't know, but that's just how he looks. <laughs> so, uh, well, no, I think now he looks more like like a skeleton. You know, and, fair enough. Yeah. Fair, a very small he, skeleton. Dead a while. Very small uh, skeleton. He's got two dead eyes now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so Courtney Cox, she wants to visit her parents one more time before she leaves town. They're dead. They died in a plane crash because she thinks it's their fault because they wanted to go to the beach, but she lied and said she wanted to stay home and study, but she was really going to hang out with Kevin. So they took their plane that they own and they were going to yep. fly to Catalina. I guess it is in California. Isn't Catalina the Catalina wine Catalina. mixer? Yeah, it's Catalina wine mixer. See, I mean, it is in California. Um, and, and they crashed the plane. Um, so, so was they, her plan to go with them to the beach, like on the plane? No, I think they're two separate things. I think that they were going to go to the beach local beach but then they didn't yeah. so then they were like okay well we're going to take the plane to catalina for the day and they crashed i think um, we spent more time discussing this plot point than the actual people that wrote the script <laughs> yeah, yeah that's fair I think you're um, right. so they find the cosmic key in the graveyard uh kevin thinks it's immediately thinks it's a japanese synthesizer As um, you do. Sure. And, and then he's like, hey, we got to go to the school for my sound check. And I like the idea that he's doing a sound check, but there's fucking nobody there. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like, just him. It's like, yeah. Don't you have to have somebody else there to check the sound? Like, I, anyways, that's okay. So Skeletor, they, they lock in on because they keep hitting the damn cosmic key. So they lock in on it with the other cosmic key. And he sends some mercenaries after uh, to get the key and the mercenaries we talked about that's beast man and and blade and the snake Korg dude and, and Korg, uh, Karg. Yeah. Karg, yeah and 
And Blade is wearing Tina Turner's dress from Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. <laughs> yes, he is. And Card kind of reminded me of like, like his face kind of reminded me of like a critter from the Critters movie. Yes, yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> like I wouldn't be surprised if the backstory was like, yeah, we found this leftover critter and just turned it into a man. A white mane on it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and he's wearing Tina Turner's wig from Beyond Thunderdome. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, hey guys, listen, Canon Films—they gotta cut the budget. So they gotta get the budget small somewhere. <laughs> listen, man, we right. don't need it. We don't need another hero. Um, right. Also, I like the fact that the, apparently part of the story is that. Courtney Cox is taking off like a day or so before graduation. <laughs> Why not just stay and graduate and then leave? Like I feel like they are. I feel like they're all. They've already graduated, and they're just kind of like townies at this point. Oh, no, no, because it's like some high school dance, and she talks about yeah, like but, yeah. But he's like a. I think I think that's their old high school. He's like the super senior that goes and plays music there. Mm. Maybe I don't know. It's not worth getting into because you know what? No, probably not. <laughs> um, so the mercenaries show up and they go after Courtney Cox. I like how they beat the shit out of the janitor, but the janitor yeah. is wearing like I thought the janitor was like the football coach or something because he's wearing like a uh, varsity jacket. Um, yeah. He Man shows up. Uh, he beats the crap out of all the mercenaries. Um, so then Kevin, meanwhile, is going to Charlie's. Uh, which is like well, a music... I do have to note that one thing is when you uh, the white-haired uh, critter, you see what a bad mercenary is. That he man literally just throws his sword near him, and he's like, "Oh, gotta go." You know? <laughs> he's like, "Uh oh, this guy gave up his primary weapon. I better run away." Also, this whole interaction where he man, you know, steps in and, and saves Courtney Cox, terribly written, terribly scripted. There is no actual interaction that made me, even rewatching it now, like, or made even my son when he watched it, think like, okay, she should trust He-Man because he's clearly good. <laughs> like, she literally just runs into his arm and he's like, here, take my red velvet cape and go lay over there. Throw sword at that critter-looking guy. We save you. All right. Now we are together and be good. Like, it's terrible. You're not yeah, wrong. Um, okay. So uh, Kevin goes to Charlie's, uh, shows him the uh, cosmic key, and they again hit the fucking red button. Um, but then he takes off because he hears a thing, because Charlie has a police scanner in his store for some reason. And he hears that the high school's on fire, so he goes there. Uh, that's when it introduced the Lubick. Uh, he's the, the Back to the Future principal guy. Um, playing the same character, and he's like immediately suspicious. <laughs> like when they're wheeling the janitor Carl out, and he just got the shit. <laughs> like, oh, poor Carl, please, man, kick the shit out of you. Uh, come back to He Man. I like how uh, immediately catty Tila is when <laughs> He Man introduces her to Courtney Cox. Um, it's like, hold on, it's so we've been here five minutes. You fucker yet? Jeez. <laughs> Uh, then Guildo shows up in a car, which I guess he outfitted to run on something else. Well, uh, let's let's be clear on the type of car because what is the? It's the 1980s, yep. and you need like you need a car that screams, "It's the 1980s!" And I got a sweet ride. So what is it? It's a pink Cadillac. <laughs> exactly right, because it's a pink Cadillac. If that's you're making you a movie in the 1980s and you need a car, it's a pink Cadillac. And if you need a bald-headed. A tough guy with a heart of gold. It's James Tolkien. So they checked both those boxes. I'm pretty sure when they pitched this movie, both those things were covered. They probably, just, how, they probably just how borrowed them from somebody else. He's, re 
He's real dick until the last five minutes of the movie where he starts shooting people. <laughs> well, and yeah, no, listen, claim... I'm standing attorney, spoiler yeah. alert. <laughs> and just claims a lady. Like, yeah, this is my woman now. <laughs> I know. And he's like, I know we're skipping to the end, but why is he, why is he sitting like, like right next to the sorceress in the throne room? Like, what what happened? Wow. You killed some guys with a shotgun and there's some you robots. You killed guys with a shotgun and all of a sudden you're king of Eternia. Um, okay, so where are we at? Um, <laughs> Almost oh, as off the rails as the script. I don't, I don't even know. I just have a note that says Skeletor is touching Evil Lynn's face a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he does do that a lot. Yeah, and then the and then and then Skeletor uh, uh, kills the um, the the snake. Sorod. Yeah, Sorod. Yeah, see a Sorod. Hardly knew you, um, Kevin. Kevin and. Lubeck go to Julie's house because they're looking for Julie. Um, and this is where I even know this is stop using the key, dum dums. <laughs> and also, also why is it that in and in, in any nineteen eighties movie, like if the police are like, Yeah, I don't trust you, why don't you come with me as I continue to <laughs> what is going on here? Like that that's I I don't think that's how law enforcement works in any way, shape, or form. It's just like, <laughs> hey, you're a suspect. Now you're part of the investigation. <laughs> also, also, the key that can send signals throughout the universe is jammed by a microwave oven. And also, I like the fact when she's like, stop the jammer, and the guy just hits a button and the microwave blows up. Like, why, why did the microwave blow up? How did they do that? Like, Also, I have to say, LBJ, and I don't know if you're as excited as me, but the prominent featuring of the hovercraft in this movie really warmed, really warmed my heart. Really warmed my heart. A lot of different uh, size hovercrafts. Oh, it was very yeah. hovercraft heavy. It's been a while since we had a good hovercraft movie. Yeah, we haven't had a hovercraft movie since a while, so it was really it was really cool that this movie features it. Um, I also <laughs> like this is maybe my favorite part of the movie when Kevin was cleaning the kitchen and he just put like a bunch of empty Burger King containers and two oranges in the sink. Yep. What? What? Perfect. here. <laughs> what was uh, that? Like that's not where look, you put mo- trash. She's moving out. Who cares? Where you put trash? Okay, okay. Oh. Gonna, gonna get lock it. So then, then call uh, all the garbage disposal, Joe. What do you you put garbage in it? So, so then, Evil Lynn and and the mercenaries show up, and I like Kevin's plan to stop Beast Man. Out of here! <laughs> Beast Man like kicks in the door and runs at him, and he's like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> Maybe I can scare him away like a bear. I'll try to pretend I'm bigger than him. Don't you see I have a leather jacket? So, um, like, she, Kevin ends up telling me about the key because they put some, like, collar on him. And I don't know. I We're all very nerdy in this in this conversation. So it very much reminded me of, like, a mute, mutant dampener collar that they would, like, put yeah. on you in, like, yeah. Geonosha or something. Um, so he tells him about the key... Um, uh, uh, and then finally He-Man and crew show up and, um, Kevin's like freaking out because he thinks they're bad guys. Uh, and then Gwildor comes out like, you know, really light in the moment. Cause he's like, Oh, I got human clothes on. <laughs> oh, and he's wearing like a hat and sunglasses. Um, so they go to I the mean, music. When you really think about it, those are probably her dead mother's clothes. So yes, it's true. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention <laughs> a stupid plot point that comes up. 
when they are uh when the mercenaries are at the house and like Karg, the critter guy's looking around, he finds the newspaper article about them dying in a plane crash and he's like, Evil Lynn, I think this could be useful. And she's like, Yes, yes, it could be. <laughs> I'm not sure how yet, but I'm gonna hold out of this. Um so so they all converge at the music store. There's a big battle uh with all with all the robots, which I'm now finding out are robots. Um, and, and Evil Lynn tricks Courtney Cox by like m- making an illusion where she looks like her mom, and Courtney Cox like immediately falls. Oh, it. she just buys it like instantly, <sighs> instantly. She's like, "Oh, it's got to be my mom, guys. I know she's dead, but look, she's standing right there in the exact same clothes she was wearing when she left. It's clear there's nothing else weird going on tonight that would make me think something else no. weird could be happening. So, and she know. and she and her mom's like, "Yeah, we weren't really dead. We were basically. She's basically like, yeah, me and your dad are secret agents, and we had to fake our death, and that key's part of it. So could you go get it for us?" And she's like, "Yeah, I will." So she runs in, gets the key, gives it to Evil Lynn, and then I like when everyone comes running out afterwards. She's like, "That woman took the key," and I'm like, "You gave it to her." I don't know if she took it. <laughs> she's really trying to pass the buck on that one um uh and then i like when lubick's like hey charlie you got a gun here right and he's like yeah but under the counter and he pulls out a shotgun <laughs> um so skeletor shows shows up with more troops and another hovercraft uh, hovercrafts are big uh in skeletor's army um that's when those flying centurions show up, and I was confused about why they exploded when He Man shot him, but now I understand that the How robots. You centurion? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so He Man steals the key back. Um, but then all of He-Man's pals get caught by Skeletor. I like how I like the idea of Skeletor sneaking up on them when they're on on that roof yeah. and it's like his hovercraft's like <laughs> slowly moving up behind them and they don't notice. Um so uh, he 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 gets captured. No, he captures all his crew. He Man shows up. Finally, I think uses the sword for the first time in this movie to actually attack some people. Um, but then they all get captured, and Skeletor's like, "Hey, like I won't kill your friends if you surrender and come back to eternity, eternity, eternity uh, as my slave." And He Man's like, oh, "Okay, I'll do it." And so he leaves everyone behind. But also during the battle. Courtney Cox, I didn't quite understand this. She gets shot by like Skeletor magic and it's like an infection. I don't know. But I remember yeah, there are oh. Cobra Law spores in her, uh, <laughs> in her Because that's one thing, like oh. I I don't remember a lot about this movie, but I remember I'm, I remember vividly as a kid thinking that that wound looked gross. Yeah. And as a 43-year-old man, it still looked really gross. And I was still creeped out about it. Um okay. So they're like, and I guess the the cosmic key got shot during the battle because I don't know what I don't fucking know. Yeah, it got <laughs> shot and like apparently lost its memory, so like it didn't yeah. have programmed sounds into it anymore. So they right. had to reprogram it with a keyboard. Well, right. Well, because they're like, we, there's so many combinations we don't know, but then. Because he freaking kept hitting the button, Kevin remembers the song, so he just kind of like sings it, and then like they're like Gildor's like, well, to fix it, I need this and this and this, and Man at Arms and Teela, Man at Arms and Teela, like I have it right here, I have this right here, and they get a keyboard and they put it all together. Um, back in it, uh, eternity, Eternia. <laughs> yeah. You'll get it. Don't worry, we're almost done. Yeah. You'll get it by the end, I promise. Uh, 
Um, Skeletor's monologuing. He loves the monologue. And you know what? I love the monologues that he gets Oh, yes. Yeah. Frankly, Angela could have monologued this entire movie. It could have been a one-man show and I'd have been happier. That's and then, the thing. I would be okay sitting there listening to him talk about his penis. I don't know <laughs> what those people on that Netflix show were complaining about. Ooh, now, um, so, so in this movie, so obviously he had the skeleton face on. Would he have requested a skeleton penis? I mean, I would think so. At least it would like look skeletonish because obviously there's no such thing unless you're like certain like aquatic mammals. There's no such thing as a skeleton penis, you know. But Does Skeletor I mean, have a whole skeleton look. body, or is it just like his head? It's just Looks, his face. It's just his face. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh Jesus! Uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, I and, go back in the turnia. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. And He Man's getting laser whipped. Um, and while He Man is getting laser whipped, Evil Lynn is clearly wet. <laughs> I mean, you just look at the look on her face. It's like wow, she, she is getting a charge out of this, and she Skeletor a little bit too. And then, so I like what he ultimately like calls in the power of the universe, and it's just like two like glowing orbs. <laughs> and it's just like I'm like I'm like oh that's kind of underwhelming. And, and a, apparently and it, the universe isn't that powerful because he's not that hard to beat after that. I know, like it's seemingly the power of the universe gives him some like new cool threads, but doesn't yeah. really help him do anything else at all, right? It looks yeah. like something that like Grace Jones would wear. <laughs> um so he no, that's, way, that's way more than what Grace Jones would wear. <laughs> so um He Man's uh He Man's crew shows up, uh they, they teleport right back into Grayskull and a battle breaks out, and apparently these uh crack troop robots are so strong that just like a normal shotgun can take them out. <laughs> um and that's finally like when He Man says the thing when he grabs a sword and he does the I have the power, like finally. <laughs> yes, finally. Although, we're, we're, as to your point, I think you were saying this, James. They never, or maybe it was LBJ, but they never explained anything about the sword and any of this. So, really, no. other than the fact that it's like, oh yeah, that's the thing he says in the cartoon. <laughs> like, it makes zero sense that well, he says that, it. And what's the point of him even saying it now? The point of him saying it in the cartoon was to transform into He-Man. Like, well, that's true too. Saying it now, I guess he's just bragging. Right. He's like, yeah, well, look at, I have the power. And also, if for those of you keeping track at home, if you really want to see him, this scene where he lifts the sword and says, I have the power, it's at the hour and 30 minute mark of an hour and 44 minute movie. Yeah. Like, think about how pissed off you were the first time you watched the, the Ang Lee Hulk that you had to wait 45 fucking minutes to see the Hulk. <laughs> Double that to get to the, 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 the He-Man line. And, the, and at least in the and at least in Ang Lee's Hulk, you're like, oh, I still got like eight hours of this 20-hour movie left to watch. Oh, can we not <laughs> we covered, relive that, please? We covered it on the podcast. Go back and listen. It's a great no, episode, it's, isn't it? Eh, it I think was actually a pretty good episode, yeah. I think Tush was on it. Um, yeah, it was on it for sure. Okay, so he, so he gets the... But like, also, like he says, he has the power, but it doesn't seem like he takes the power away from Skeletor until he chops Skeletor's like staff. Staff in half, which is another like rule that has never been established. Like, but oh, I the power of the staff. I did like if I remember that his staff looked just like the staff he had in the cartoon, right? Like, for the most pretty part, close. Yeah, and the, the, most the little part, thing yeah. I read is that when he walks in and it's the staff is handed to him, it's by a contest winner. I saw that. that. I saw that. Guy in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty funny. Um, so they have a fight, um, and it conveniently for some reason gets like really dark in the throne room. 
like fighting. Yeah. And I wasn't sure why. It was like someone turned off the lights for the fight. And then Skeletor oh, fouled. They, they had already they had to afterwards and they had already um they had already basically like they only gave him enough funding. They had already started to take the sets apart and such. Like <laughs> Oh, uh, is that why? Film, yeah. yeah, we need to film a climax. And they're like, oh. Because originally Skeletor was supposed to go out the window behind like the throne, but um, they had already started taking that apart. Because they basically shut down. They're like, "Okay, the movie's done." It's like, but we still have stuff. Um. So, so he throws Skeletor down a bottomless pit. Think of like uh, the the Emperor getting thrown. You know, yeah. at the end of Return of the Jedi. That's the vibe that I got like from that, it. Yeah. Um. And then Courtney Cox gets healed, although we don't. She's just fine at the end. Um. That's when. That's when we talked about Lubeck. Decides to stay back, and they're like, "Oh, you're not coming back." He's like, "No, why would I come back? I got a castle. I got a great view. I got this lady." Yeah, like <laughs> how I can't. Yeah. How much time has passed? Like from when Skeletor goes in the pit until then? Like I can't imagine it's more than like a, a few hours. Days. I don't even no. think it's a couple days. Yeah, I think he just basically started claiming shit as his own. He's like, yeah, got a shotgun. He's he's like this is my boomstick, and they're like yeah. they're like we have lasers. <laughs> Clearly, we have lasers. Um, but yeah, so Lubick decides to stay there, uh, and that's when that's when we find out that they don't say goodbye; they say good journey, um, which I think you should start using that LPJ. Um, Funny story and- on that is I had uh, one of my buddies that I worked with at Best Buy for years. We never talked about Masters of the Universe, whatever. <laughs> But anytime he left, he would do the good journey to me. <laughs> do, I, do I know this person? I don't think so, because I, I, uh, you only worked at Westland, Westland yeah. right? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't meet him until I went to Dearborn. Okay. But, um, but I still talk to him to this day, and that's still how whenever like, we part, he always says, good journey. We never talked about <laughs> He-Man or Masters of the Universe, but he just did it one day. And I'm that's like, awesome. all right, I get the reference. We're going to keep you as that. <laughs> um. So, so Gwildor is about to send them back, and like just as just as she's about, she, she's like, "Oh, Gwildor, wait!" And then, like, I, I didn't, I didn't get the like. Okay, listen, I know we're we're wrapping this up, the plot, but a, a, a quick question about it. So, well, the big reveal Why is, is that, stupid. Well, yes, it's very stupid. But the big reveal is that Gwildor sends them back before her parents were killed, right? Yeah. But like. It's a portal that opens up. So why does she like wake up sleeping in her bed? Like that was confusing to me. It's like I feel like there's a time in movies where they had to almost convince you, oh, it was all a dream, like <laughs> the never-ending story and shit. Like, oh, it might have just been a dream, you know? But it just seemed weird because then she goes down and her parents are alive, and she's like, no, let's go to the beach. Don't go to Catalina. Don't get on that plane. I like that she stops them from flying the plane by stealing the plane's keys. What is there sitting there? <laughs> Go back with those keys. If I had a plane, my plane keys would just be laying on my counter and my (laughs) Because planes have keys, by the way. I was just gonna say, quick question. Planes have keys like ignition? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) I just feel like I mean I think they probably did. I mean it just makes it was probably a small plane, guys. And so she runs out into the street. She's in her pajamas, but Kevin's there. He's like in normal. No, she's clothes. not in her pajamas. She's in like a little girl's nightgown. <laughs> yeah. She she looks like Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Um. And, and then Kevin's there. He's like, "Don't let your parents get on the plane." And she's like, "I already stopped them. I got the keys." And then he and then he's like, "Hey, you think maybe she like gone back and stopped Hitler or something?" 
<laughs> He's like, nah. Nah. <laughs> um, And then that's the end of the movie, except for like the original post credit scene when they show us that Skeletor is alive. He pops out a red liquid and says, I'll be back. <laughs> also, apparently, it, it was not shown on screen. Blade also got knocked into that pit, but they never bothered filming it. Oh, right. man, how much better would this movie be if Blade was played by Wesley Snipes and it was Oh, Blade my God, it would be amazing. <laughs> yes. And he just kept Please. telling, he just kept telling uh, He-Man that some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <laughs> Go back and listen to our Blade episode. It was the first one that I uh, was on as a reoccurring guest. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so that's it. We made it to the end. <laughs> Um, what you got? You got any role reversals? No. Only that for they were still planning on making a sequel up until yep. Canon went like bankrupt, and they were gonna have the Surfer because they couldn't afford to pay uh, Frank or um, Dolph Lundgren or Frank Langella anymore, which is not a large fee. It was gonna be a Surfer and Laird Hamilton was gonna play He Man, and then the guy who played the main villain in Cyborg. Which, by the way, they recycled a lot, set some props for the abandoned He-Man sequel, and used them in the Vi- the Van Damme movie Cyborg. So I've always wanted to cover Cyborg, but LBJ, uh, the a staunch JCVD fan, tells me that it's not worth rewatching. It's not really that good. It's not good. Oh damn! It's a, and he doesn't even really. I mean, he's in it, but it, I don't know. It's not. Doesn't doesn't he play There's the titular of, like, Cyborg? Yeah, but th- it's. I, I thought he wasn't the cyborg. He was walking. He was taking this, like transporting the cyborg. Guys, Maybe. Either way, it's not very good. Let's yeah. save it for the cyborg. I'm sorry yeah, that I got us off track. Um, what what else you got? Uh, anybody? What, what do we, what do we got? Uh, I mean, the, the, they had already they had already got like scripts written for the second one, which is bananas that they had them, considering they pulled the plug three days before this film even finished filming. Um, yeah. Yeah, they said like it was gonna be something like that. Like He Man was like back on Earth, like pretending to be like a quarterback or something yeah. for a football team. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, what? and 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 and, uh, and Skeletor was gonna be there as like some kind of uh, like business magnate, and uh, yeah. he was going to take over the world, and that's what the whole plot yeah. was gonna be. Well, I guess thank God that Canon uh-huh. Films went bankrupt. Yeah, I mean, like, if there's anything that is like positive from this movie and Superman Four is that they did, Canon didn't get to make a terrible Spider-Man movie. That's true. That, that eventually, like, Sam Raimi got to make the his Spider-Man because, like, also let's just be thankful that James Cameron never got to make his Spider-Man movie because well, would have had Michael Biehn as Peter Parker. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like it was like very overly sexualized. But anyways, let's <laughs> let's get back to He-Man. Um, should we just kind of wrap, get into like our ratings, and I'm sure like yeah, a lot I of stuff's so. going to come out. A lot of stuff's yeah. going to come out yeah. in the watch. I, I think, think that's going to be our best bet. All right, so let me hit the button here. Let's see. Okay, who wants to go first? Um, I, I kind of want to go last. Okay. That's okay. Um, I feel like we're all kind kind of wait to gauge each other's hate of the movie. See how okay, much we I, hate it. I will go first. Okay. Um, so this movie, like I said, 
I, I have a very conflicted past with it because, you know, it holds a special place in my heart. My dad took me to see it and I've watched it so many times. And, and honestly, this movie to me is like that, uh, like that abusive relationship you can't get out of. <laughs> you forget how <laughs> shitty the person is. <laughs> you just keep getting yourself sucked back in. Uh, <laughs> um, and like, I, I want to love this movie. Um, I really do. And, and it, like I said, my, my son's super into He-Man now. And, you know, it's made me realize how much I was into it as a kid too. Because obviously, you know, the, the Transformers and the G.I. Joe have stayed. Um, but those have also consistently like had some kind of pop culture presence, whereas He-Man took a break, has taken multiple breaks, but keeps coming back, right? Um, so rewatching it and then, you know, watching his disappointment uh, re reaffirmed my disappointment, right? Of just like, this, this isn't, this is not a He-Man movie in, in any way, shape or form to me. This is a bad Star Wars knockoff. In my opinion, um, but anytime it's on, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> um, so, having said that, I will rate it two machine guns. Two machine guns. Um, I'll go next. Um, <clears throat> I think uh, uh, this movie suffers from what I like to call like live action super mario brothers syndrome where you seem to take like a pretty simple like this should be a slam dunk like what this movie should be about and completely turns it into something that's not you know to your point that's not what it is and i get that part of it is like the budget things like we got to have it set on earth the safe budget but it's just i don't know it's just it is a bad movie uh, but I don't, I, I don't know if I hate it because I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like it's bad, but I, I, I almost think it's kind of bad in like a good way. Where I had a lot of fun watching it, and like I don't know. Like I, I think I'm right there with you. I think I'm gonna give it two machine guns, and I would say that it's probably like a one and a half machine gun movie. But maybe just like my nostalgia, my nostalgia for He Man and all that stuff is bumping it up a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of fun and dumb. I mean, if you haven't seen it, I'd watch it because it is. But it is like there is that fine line between like a movie's just bad and it's a stinker and it's terrible to watch. Where this one's bad and it's a stinker, but I think it's kind of fun to watch. Um, so I'll go with two machine guns. Tush? Well, so like I said, like this was like, this kind of like opened me up to the possibility. Because like, when you're a kid and you go to the movies and like you just have fun, you're at the movies, you know? But this was the only that opened me up to the possibility that some movies might be bad. The one that convinced me that movies could be bad was Star Trek Five, right? <laughs> is that the one that where they hang out with like God or something? Yep. Well, it's Spock's brother, and it's the one they let um uh, which is uh, William Shatner direct. So, anyway, so yeah, so like this cat, it's like so it was a really bad. I mean, there's some fun parts, like we've said, Franklin Jella, and just just the ridiculous grotesqueness of Gwildor. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's like, wow, you know, um, but I still, I, I would might watch, might watch parts of it when it's on, but I wouldn't probably sit and watch it all the way through again. I'm really glad it was on freebie. I didn't have to buy it. I'm going to give it one and a half machine guns. Okay. That's fair. I think that's completely fair. Um, LPJ. All right, here we go, guys. Calls to you. Here we go. Um, yeah, this movie's bad, right? It's not very good. It's poorly written. The fact that they reuse the same sh the same shots, but just like flip 
flip them over to the like mirror them uh, three or four different times, like the external shots of of Eternia. They do that uh, is is suspect. Uh, clearly, they, you very clearly could tell when they ran out of money and like had to stop production and and, and sort of make do with what they had. Um, it disappoints me that they didn't have any of the classic like He-Man characters or elements in it other than the names of the characters. Although I will say this, uh, man at arms is for the most part, man at arms. Like he's, his character, as I would say, the closest of any of them to the, to the cartoon series. Um, and, and you know, it's just in general, not a very good movie. However, however, I really enjoyed watching this. (laughs) Jesus. I don't know why, guys. I like this movie. I would absolutely watch it again. I don't think the I think the writing's terrible, but I don't think the actors do as bad a job as they could have done with it. I think that that you know, they took D material and bumped it to maybe a C. Like I think the actors actually helped the script in the way they were in the way they performed, especially Frank Langella, who yes. I thought is easily one of my favorite villains of all time in any movie I've seen. I think he's really great in this. Whoa. Hey, it's my opinion, man. It's that's my you. rating. Fair. You, you know hate it all fair. you want. But uh, but I love Frank Langella in this. I would watch him monologue all day long in, 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 skele- in skeleton, in skeleton <laughs> garb about his dick or about anything, you know? That's I just thought like it was weird. Now I know why at your your wife's birthday party why you kept touching her face and holding it while you were talking to her she wanted to be more like skeletor yep that was it that was it my well face, he was face. also he was also wearing a skeleton mask the whole time we saw I was. Him, so it's true the beard was and he's the like bottom. hey it was very strange but you can see like, the hey, nose why the aren't you wearing mask? that outfit you i bought you that bruises your pelvis <laughs> That's anyway, right. Evil Evil Lynn's on. outfit was so heavy that it bruised her pelvis. Yeah, uh, anyway, sorry. Anyway, moving on. Um, Speaking yeah. of Frank Langella monologues, keep going. I I don't hate this movie. Like I would absolutely rewatch it again. Uh, objectively, it's a terrible movie. Like it's probably one to one and a half machine guns. Subjectively, I'm gonna give it a two and a half because I enjoy it. I almost gave it a three, but I can't realistically do that. That's a little too crazy. But Two and a Half Machine Guns, um, I think people should watch it because it is so bad it's good. It's one of the few movies we've seen recently that are so bad they're good. Normally we just watch a bunch of garbage. So so LBJ's like Darth Vader, Skeletor, <laughs> as far as great yep. movie villains. Yeah. Who do you think wins in a fight, Darth Vader or Skeletor? Darth Vader. Uh, yeah. yeah, Darth Vader. Like regular Darth Skeletor Vader. or like super gold Skeletor that has the power of the universe? <laughs> I mean, I would argue oh, that super gold Skeletor was easier Skeletor. to beat. <laughs> I think he was easier to beat than a uh, normal Skeletor. <laughs> I know, it looked like Skeletor, super gold Skeletor, was having a hard time keeping his head upright. <laughs> With yeah, that giant headdress on that he had. It was a very ornate... Uh, helmet that he had on. Yeah. Um, well, and also, most of the time he was super gold Skeletor, it was actually Blade. That's, that's one another reason why you don't yeah. see Blade <laughs> in the fight as much. Right. <laughs> um, didn't just recently, like, wasn't, uh, and I don't know the specifics, I maybe should have looked it up, but Netflix was developing, like, a new, like, live-action one, and they recently yeah. just abandoned it, even though they've already sunk, like, $30 million. Yeah, they're, 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 they're,
Nah, give us that Batgirl tax write-off. That's yeah, I guess that's how it works. That's wild that you can like sink thirty million dollars into something and be like, ah, you know what? We're not gonna do that. That's See ya. Do they lose the rights to it, or they still own the rights to it? Though I think it, that's the thing by by uh, canceling it, they they wouldn't meet a deadline that they would have had to meet to make it, so they lost the rights. Now, now they're now Hasbro's back to shopping it to other studios, which okay. I don't think it's gonna get made. I think it, it does it. I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, and, and James touched on this, I feel like that it's just, it, it's not as much as like a cultural touchstone as like a G.I. Joe or a Transformers yeah. where I just, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it hasn't been in the uh, the no. zeitgeist and stuff, you know, like, yeah, they had that new cartoon and it, that, it was, that wasn't really all that well received by the fans. Yeah, yeah they've it. had, I thought it was they, good. Yeah. Oh, that's that's one fan's opinion. I liked it too, I but it. I don't know. But I know a I liked lot of people it too, but, but, it. I'm, but I but I'm just saying this, like like James is saying, GI Joe and Transformers. They had yeah. they had many different. Their cartoons continued pretty much throughout, you know, and yeah. there's been. Well, yeah, I think the uh, I think the thing with He Man is like our generation will still revisit whatever's re released and try and get our kids into it, maybe. And like I've had, I had success with my son. Um, you know, he got it. Like he, he, he latched onto He Man through the CGI Netflix show, and then went back and watched the other things, and and got into it that way. But like the the generations between those, because even the one that even the series that uh, Cartoon Network came out with in the early two thousands, who are we fucking kidding? That was for us. That wasn't for the kids <laughs> in the two thousands, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like like well, when they released that in two thousand, you know, whatever it was, two thousand two, two thousand three, that was that was legitimately like, you guys are in your twenties now and you have some money, why don't you rebuy these figures? Look, they're better sculpted <laughs> than they were before, right? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and well, the, I, and the animation's better and the story's better, but there wasn't any like you know little kid that was like, yeah, I want this this He Man figure with this giant sword because they didn't know what it was, you know. And that's not to say you know LPJ that I don't think they'll ever make another message of the universe movie i just think that like clearly there's not a way to make this movie on the cheap right like you have to invest right. a lot oh, of money yeah. in it so i think it's you a have to find a green tiger that's i think it's green tiger yellow I, stripes tough to do i i think it's a big investment for a studio you know and it's like you don't know you know so much of what they release now is based on like existing you know existing ips but like also, like just something like this, like I, I don't know. I guess you know, is it something that you can definitely bank on having as much cachet of like it's a new Star Wars movie or a new train, even trans, you know, Transformers movie or whatever. You know, I don't know, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll never get any more movies. The writers and actors are still on strike, yeah, so true. True. as we speak. Um, but anyways, so yeah, no, but I, I don't think anyone's rating is crazy. Um, I, I think we're all kind of on the same page. I think the only thing crazy is that LPJ said that Franklin Jell is one of the best movie villains of all time. Yep, um, love him. <laughs> um, all right, should we get in the plugs? Sure. Yeah. What do you guys want to plug? Anything? Anything you want to plug? James, you can go first. What do you want to plug? Uh, I'll plug Freebie because that's where I watched this on, and it was uh, <laughs> it was it was pretty sweet. So, <laughs> yep, I didn't uh, mind it in Freebie either. Um. How'd you deal with those commercials, though, LPJ? I know you hate watching commercials. I was irritated. You know what? You know, you know what annoyed me about watching it on Freebie is that, like, everyone knows, no secret. I always watch 
movies installments when I do them for the yeah. podcast. Um, especially because LBJ makes me take such long uh, notes because I had to recite the plot. Uh, but like, I would like, I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna stop it after the next commercial break, and I would come back and I, okay, stop, and then I pick it back up and it make me watch the damn commercials again. Um, <laughs> so I was annoyed by that. Um, ooh, plugs. I would like to plug uh, Tubi. As I always do, this movie wasn't on Tubi, but it seemed like a movie that should definitely be on Tubi. Uh, and Pluto TV, I always plug Pluto. This was on Pluto TV, but I didn't watch it on Pluto TV. Uh, and I'd like to just plug, go back and listen to some of the old episodes we talked about. Blade, uh, Running Man that James is on. James is also on the terrible uh, G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra episode. I know that much to be true. Um um, and, and then, I mean, like, this is the third week in a row that Tush has been on, so just go back and listen to some Tush episodes. Tush, what's your favorite episode that you've been on? Oh, I don't know. I think anything time I do a Mel Gibson movie, it's pretty good. Maybe the one when Sphinx was on, too, because I'm like, okay, I just get my defense of Mel Gibson out of the way right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and you're, um, you're still pushing okay. for us to cover Bird on a Wire, right? Yes. I'm, okay, I'm also pushing... Can I go into my plugs now? Sure, Please. go into your plugs. Okay, so I'm pushing for Tush Takeover Month, where <laughs> I get to pick all the movies. And I really want everyone to hop on the Discord and push for this. I have said that it will push be for the most... Yeah, it'll be most... There'll only be, like, <laughs> one weird foreign film that I make that I make uh, LPJ and Hovercraft Joe watch to try to educate them, you know. It's and all yeah. ass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Tush Takeover Month, hashtag it, everybody. Um, as far as my my book, I'm kind of I started getting sick of like I was waiting for a couple people to read it. I'm getting sick of that. So the other day, I digitized it, so it's in Kindle format now. And I just went and I I mean it's not on sale yet, but and I went to a, a website that had like AI would do AI artwork for the cover, and it took me a lot of tries to get that dumb machine to get something that looked passable. It's kind of giving me some weird shit, you know? I kind of want to see that. <laughs> yeah, like, and it saves a lot of it. And then I had all these extra credits left, so I'm like, hey, there's some stuff where people, like, make weird Shrek pictures. Let me get that, give that a try, you know? <laughs> so, Jesus. and then the other thing I want to push is our is our um, massage parlor that we're opening that we talked about the last time I was on, Bill Pullman's. <laughs> oh, you know? That's right, I forgot about that. We're going to have, because he's canceled anyways, we're going to engage um, Frank Langella to come there and do a spoken word show about his penis. And he, he, he'll give you, he'll give you a monologue while you're getting, where you're getting pulled. Yeah. He's a big star. We can't get, get him to actually do the pulling. But just close your eyes and pretend it's a skeleton hand doing it. You know? And LPJ will tell you while he's doing it that he has the power. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, LPJ, I believe you had some butt plugs you wanted to talk about. <laughs> Bringing it back to the beginning of the episode. Uh, uh, I'll tell you this. If you're looking for butt plugs, uh, Timu.com, guys. Go to Timu. <laughs> There's an incredible assortment of weird shit on that website. I recently bought a knockoff uh, Transformers G1 uh, 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 Sunstreaker, and um, the box looks great. The toy itself on the inside, it has some metal parts on it, but the plastic is so thin that if I even tried to transform it, it would snap in half. <laughs> I have a Timu story, too, that also involves butt, involves butt plugs. Because one time, 
I wow. Googled Off on my phone. The rails. Shrek <laughs> butt plugs. Because it's a thing that I saw and exists. Because Shrek butt plugs really do exist. They're butt plugs. I wanted to send a picture to my friends because they're so ridiculous. It took me to Timu. And since then, I get targeted ads for sex toys on my phone. One search. <sighs> yep. That's Timu, yep. guys. That's Timu for you. Yep. Anyway. Um, Help me, Jake. Come on, bring this home. I think you maybe think I'll, I'll plug some metal parts. I probably. <laughs> I'm going to plug the Discord where if you want to continue this conversation about butt plugs, Shrek or otherwise, uh, <laughs> please hit up the Tush on, on Discord. Uh, Hashtag I, Tush Takeover. Yeah, slide, <laughs> yes. slide into his DMs and talk slide to him into his about DMs. Help. Shrek. Help the tush for push, guys. The tush. Maybe I have this on my mind. The first time on my when I got my physical earlier this week, it was the first time I got the prostate exam. It's like, yee. Like at first, it's like at first, it's like okay, this isn't how I want to spend my morning normally, and then it gets worse. I don't know if I can find (laughs) it on here. Uh, Anyway, go to Discord, (laughs) chat with us. It'll be great. We're also on Instagram. You can chat with us there if you want. Um. I got nothing else. Guys, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, so much butt talk in this so episode. Much butt, mo- far more than any Mel Gibson movie. That's true. Wait till we're on white. Thanks for being, get, being here, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Or me. I can't really speak for James. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. <laughs> but. <laughs> but. <laughs>